Hey, this is Lacey Johnson, and you're listening to Adrian Has Issues. Hey everybody, you are listening to Adrian Has Issues, the conversational podcast celebrating the culture of creativity. Today, I am honored to speak to today's guest once again. Roe first appeared on a podcast back on episode 149 where we spoke about his album Metal Trainer, and uh, then you returned on the show again in episode 159 uh, where we discussed the Earthbound tribute album Fuzzy Pickles and Moon Rock, which was a tribute to Super Mario Odyssey. And today we're going to be discussing something decidedly different, but not quite at the same time. Well, as of this recording, we are on the eve of the release of Project Discover, which is Ropanaganti's EP. And this album, this story is as powerful as it is personal. And it's inspired by video games, Indian mythology, and also just your upbringing and we're going to get into all that today. But uh, first off, Ro, thank you for coming back. Uh, it's always great chatting with you. And uh, thank you so much. I'm so excited to get to talk to you again, Adrian. And I really do love being on the podcast to be able to talk music with you. So I'm excited to share a bit about Project Discover and all that goodness and how that came to be. Before we got started, if you don't mind, just a little peek behind the curtain. Um, you know, obviously, we were setting up and discussing things a little bit. You said something that well, I mean, my first question, of course, was going to be about the inspiration behind the album, but you said something that I thought was really interesting. Mm -hmm. um, you said that you weren't quite sure, and if you don't mind me saying this out loud, you weren't quite sure how to do this versus talking about your covers and mm -hmm. your other VGM projects. You've done tribute albums to Metroid, Zelda, the Undertale album. You've even mm -hmm. done some stuff for like Frozen. And like, I mean, you're pretty yeah. varied <laughs> in your work as it is. But I almost noticed that there's maybe, I don't want to say hesitation, you know, regarding talking about this. And I don't know if that maybe just plays into because of the fact that the nature of it's so personal compared to your other work. Hmm. I think that's a, a really good point to kind of bring up first because, um, you know, I'm already like kind of like there's this, you know, hearing people from this huge community of gamers, game music lovers, and, you know, just in general fans of stories, often fictional, and hearing Project Discover, this weird thing I named and made up, you know, as if it were treated uh, like those properties is already, it's jarring, it's humbling, it's everything, Um but uh, you're right, it is vulnerable because uh, it's all me. And as you've listed out, I've worked on things like Zelda and Metroid where someone else did the heavy lifting of writing something 100% on their own that might reveal how they are, who they are, and like their story. And, uh, you know, they did all that work. So when I say, here's my Zelda album, I feel like the majority of people, all they hear is Zelda and then they're you know, their attention is brought over there. And if they hate it, I can just be like, well, I guess they're just not a Zelda fan. You know, like it's not really all my, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, right. <laughs> it's so uh, when you, when you're creating your link, when you're creating your 
Garrus, <laughs> like these characters and people and things, they feel much more like you. And um, to tell someone uh, a story that you made up does feel scarier. Or like my dad's a photographer and he takes a lot of pictures of landscape and uh, other things, obviously. So it's kind of like uh, when I talk to him about this process, he's still kind of like, uh, I- I'm still trying to like connect that bridge for him. And I'm like, you know, when you take photos of other people, you do have that layer of removal. It's not necessarily as scary to me. Uh, not right. to knock photography is hard. But if you started taking pictures of yourself, I think that's like the analogy. So writing an album is sharing with the world a, pi- a picture of you, blemishes and all. <laughs> right. And that is a very valid point. I guess in the way I would dare to say that, you know, within the last year, especially because when we first spoke, we were not mm-hmm. in the midst of, you know, a global pandemic. Turns out um, the second time we spoke, we were like dead in the middle of it and we're kind of still there. But in that time during this pandemic, you know, at least for me, I've been experiencing a lot of like, you know, virtual concerts, you know, a lot of live streams and really seeing the VGM community sort of come forth and really mm-hmm. be there for each other um, and also for the people. You know, so many of these mm-hmm. concerts have been for charity. There's been so many interesting things happening in the wake of all of this. And yes, you're right. There is a preconceived knowledge of the properties in which of the music you cover, but Mm-hmm. The personality still comes through in how it's played because I've seen people, whether it be a, you know, note for note cover or like an interpretation. I, you know, and I, you're right. Mm-hmm. You're absolutely right about the fact that it's not nearly as daunting as creating something from scratch, but you're still putting your personal touch in everything you do, which is why yes, I admire, you know, your music and so many people who perform this stuff. Yeah, and I appreciate that too. Um, And I can't emphasize enough uh, because you've heard it from plenty of interviews and I've heard it from plenty of peers who are for Korean music. Just because it's a cover or it's based on another existing property does not mitigate how much work and vulnerability and and excitement and, you know, uh, pride that goes into uh, those projects. Right. Um, I think of this a lot like a different flavor, not necessarily like, oh, well, I'm done doing those lowly covers. Now it's, you know, <laughs> it's nothing like that. And I could not be more in love with playing other music and franchises and, you know, video games. Like none of that is necessarily changing significantly. I feel like when you listen to um, covers, especially my favorite covers in the community, they're all original music based on properties that I may like or inspired by other Mm -hmm. properties that you and I might like. And that distinction, I think really, it really helps. (laughs) It really helps with like explaining how any of us can write our own original soundtracks or original albums while still being a part of the community. Something that I'm learning constantly when it comes to creation is that Mm -hmm. it's constantly changing. It's constantly evolving. You know, Mm -hmm. there is a certain element, at least with me, and I don't know if you share the same sentiment, but, you know, you also want to challenge yourself and push yourself, Mm -hmm. you know, in a a constructive, careful way, but push past your own comfort zone, your own, you know, your own setting. Mm -hmm. And that's no shade and and that's no insult at all to anybody. If you just choose to do one thing and you're very good at it, that's great. Mm -hmm. But I think in the back of your mind, like... At least with me, like there's this, you know, like I, I want to go further. I want to reach out a little bit 
kind of put your foot out and hopefully, you know, you land on solid ground, but sometimes you just got to take that leap. Yeah, absolutely feels like a leap in a lot of ways. Um, <laughs> like, and, you know, I do agree. I think obviously when people have been making covers from day one, like, you know, in season one of my VGM life anime thing, we were all just a bunch of scrappy kids, and some of us had these aspirations, like, I'm going to be on a soundtrack one day, I'm going right. to be writing the next Zelda game, and we were all so supportive of that, and some of us were like, I'm going to play on MAGFest stage one day, be like, the VGM scene, kind of like, I, I want to have that opportunity, and we supported that, and that was one of my goals, um, still one of my goals to be able to front uh, a show like that at a convention I love, but... For me, especially, I didn't have necessarily a video game tied goal. I really just wanted to make really good guitar-driven music uh, that people would love and enjoy and want to play and would let me play for them as well. So no matter how many Fallen Heroes and Temples and Zelda albums and Frozen albums that I do, uh, a seedling of my motivation is still kind of to take this leap and make an album or even, you know, in this case, I guess an EP technically, but write albums that pe hopefully people will enjoy and want to hear play live and maybe connect with even. So that's kind of, that's kind of how I got to today. This is also the part that I appreciate. Cause like I said, when we first spoke, mm -hmm. you know, you did give a little bit of background of your dynamic as a creator and, you know, even as far as like your family and that journey. I think this is the part that I may not be able to necessarily identify with um, as someone who's been born here, but being like a second generation immigrant and having that family dynamic, you know, you you mentioned that a lot when discussing uh, this project. And I think that's a really important mm -hmm. piece is your story is conceptual, but, you know, there's mm -hmm. a fictional part and then there's also the reality of it. So I, I guess in a, a weird way is, you know, how have you managed to sort of marry the two? For starters, mm -hmm. you know, and let's talk to let's talk about the personal part and then sure. we'll see how that works into like the fictional aspect of this EP. Uh, so music has been around me for a long time and uh, I've been writing original esque things for a long time. I started playing piano when I was five. And even before then, we had we had neighbors um, and they uh, made me a little microphone out of tape oh that's awesome <laughs> and a pen <laughs> and i would sing like this one song uh that was probably a ripoff of something i must have heard in the 90s but it was very simple it was all like gibberish and i want to tell you i love you that was like one of the lyrics like the only people on the planet who probably know the song i wrote it was called emity Samigo. i don't know why or how hmm. it sounds like carmen san diego is <laughs> is me and my sister but the, my point is, I guess, I've always liked writing lyrics and writing sing-along songs and growing up with rock and roll and pop and all of that good stuff really influenced that. But as I started to notice in middle school when I started playing guitar and I noticed a lot of other fair people of the musical backgrounds, they would write like powerful, angsty lyrics and, <laughs> um, you know, it ranged, right? Like if you've ever heard local bands, sometimes it's yep. like very intense and demonic and sometimes it's as simple as i want to go to some other place i'm leaving this town of my dust or it would be a love song about some sweet girl that uh you know it's, it's it varied so for me writing 
in little notebooks that God, I hope my mom never finds. Uh, <laughs> it's like there's there's a lot of lyrics with like catchy little things that I would hide. I, I don't know how you would uh, particularly gauge my personality today, but in 2007, when I was playing guitar, it was because that was like the one move I I had made that felt bold and like just pure me. I I didn't like to let people know I liked stuff so passionately, I guess. And that was a huge influence on my whole YouTube journey and guitar journey. Uh, and as many people have found like, you know, writing lyrics is therapeutic, playing guitar is therapeutic. I would write little licks, but I wouldn't record it uh, or make it into like a full-fledged song. I didn't know how. I didn't have many musician friends who were comfortable with that. We didn't have technology or fancy tape decks. Like, So uh, long story short, like I just constantly wrote things that were just like in passing. And then uh, when I discovered cover music, it seemed like someone was doing some heavy lifting, you know? Right. And I loved it. I loved making songs around Zelda stuff using the influence of your Pink Floyds, your Van Halen's, your Metallica's, your what have you. So, you know, I ended up kind of like putting aside writing a rock album. One of, one of the things I thought would be so cool and just also so vulnerable and scary. Fast forward to like maybe a few covers that have had that element or composing for indie like little test games and stuff. I, I dipped my feet in the water and it just so happened when I entered VGM, I met like the first music and music and musician <laughs> friends, <laughs> musician friends of my life. I, I, I was told by the, uh, by many of these kind of big brother figures, I guess in my life, um, People like Richard E.B. and Toxic X Eternity. Like they, I, I didn't have a, like a big brother who also played music and stuff to look up to, but these guys kind of filled that role, especially early on. Um, Family Jewels and all that. So like I got all these advices from all these people who had that larger than life, comfortable doing whatever you want kind of thing, personality. Right. Um, and you can imagine, like imagine taking an introverted, quiet person who secretly loves something and then just being like, hey, hey, um, you can do that. <laughs> yeah, you and can. that's that's a beautiful thing, and that's such an important thing. Mm. Because I think for a lot of people, and especially coming from certain backgrounds, sometimes yes. we're told, oh, God, if my parents hear this, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> but like- Said that a lot. There's an expectation of, of course, you want your kids to do well. You want them to succeed. Mm -hmm. And there's usually but so many avenues to go to do these things. So to say, hey, I'm going to be a musician or, hey, I'm going to be a podcast or things like that. Mm -hmm. You know, that's not necessarily the route that someone would choose. And, of course, they still love and support you. And that's not necessarily like, you know, trying to, mm -hmm. you know, demonize your choices. But... There's also that, you know, feeling of not belonging mm -hmm. or the the need to belong, which is something that I, I really got from this EP is the sense of belonging. Home is here, but home is also mm -hmm. here and this yearning in a way for both. So to have someone like, you know, like I said, Family Jewels or like, you know, Toxic Eternity, which shout out to sure. those guys, <laughs> you know, they're, they're awesome. Um, to have Absolutely. someone say, hey, you can do this and actually support you. Mm -hmm. in a real way it's a feeling i would literally take like four hours to try to describe it and still not come mm -hmm. up with it it is the fuel that changed my life even 
you know, obviously my primary work is technical and I have those aspirations um, as well. But, you know, just having the shift of like, like on so many levels, you know, like um, obviously there's a lot of different people in the VGM community who have no idea what each other has been through or like their kind of music. But, you know, from talking to people like Tara 10 years ago, almost uh, I might actually have that close to 10 years ago. And she sang and played violin. I played like metal guitars, but we accepted like each other's style anyway, because mm-hmm. we knew that supportive friendship is what will allow us both to have this amazing work. And like, that's, it's a perfect example of what project discover symbolizes in my, in my mind. I was introduced to this vastly different world where acceptance and, um, you know, the mixing of styles and the mixing of people is is not just like encouraged, it's like required. It's the future of, and it's very different than, you know, my upbringing. Like you said, I, I'm a second generation immigrant and I think this album is that story as well. And, you know, my parents, they love me. They support my music today, but it took a lot of, you know, learning to kind of, I don't want to say convince, but just like demonstrate the importance of these people, this passion of mine, this world and how much I have like respect and focus for it. Um, you know, just like biologically, it's like Mm -hmm. I am built to do a thousand things and I have a thousand aspirations and a lot of them (laughs) lie in this world of games and music and, you know, just absorbing culture. So culture shock and identity crises and, um, you know, like acceptance I'm so touched that you kind of get those themes out out the album because that really is what it what it boils down to, and it is an allegory for VGM in so many ways. And in a lot of ways, it works to redefine, let's say, heavy music. Because, like I said, I know you you've done prog metal covers before. Mm-hmm. Like that's you know it's kind of your bag. Mm-hmm. But to use that same heavy music, which is often used. You know, people will march to this and it's very aggressive, but yet right. that same heavy music can still tell a story that's intimate. And I think that's also a nice, beautiful touch with this album is I'm headbanging, but at the same time, I'm like, I'm getting misty because, dude, like, I don't know if you noticed or not, but uh-huh. <laughs> you tell like this great story. And, and of course, why we will get to the well, conceptual <laughs> part of things, but just mm-hmm. even just listening to it from beginning to end. You know, you're still taking your listener like on a journey. And I think using heavy music to do that. And, you know, there are some light elements, too. But I I think it really does help kind of shift the narrative as to what music is, you know, and what it could be. So I do want to get into Mm -hmm. the the concept and what, at least in this album, what the story tells. Yeah, I'm sure you've listened to your fair share of concept albums. There's been many in all sorts of music forms as well. Mm -hmm. Um but obviously growing up with your uh, Pink Floyd, The Wall, as one of my all-time favorite concept stories, these are albums that are designed not just to have 10 bangers that you can just rock out to alone, but um, you know, tell a story. Not every song is going to necessarily feel like it holds its own, but they connect together. And when I decided I, I'm done doing these covers for a little bit, I have to write something i want to be proud of something that is all mine i i I didn't start with the lyrics i didn't even start with the riffs um i started with a story so i took out um this little mario notebook (laughs) (laughs) and um i started writing down 
ideas. Right. Very broad concept ideas. I actually don't know what page it's on or else I would have it in front of me, but feelings that I had because of, you know, the 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 age old story, write what you know. And what I know is I'm an American living in a tumultuous time. So there was a lot of concepts of uh, you know, civil disagreements and challenges. There was a lot of identity as myself because I was realizing and some of my, my friends have helped me think about this more, but uh, I was realizing that as a second generation immigrant Indian, my background is going to play a role and it already has played a role in how I'm perceived right. um, as a musician, how I'm treated sometimes uh, in positive and or negative ways. And uh, internally, how I feel about being an Indian American, how I feel about growing up playing blues rock and loving the absolute crap out of rock and roll and then also loving this very technical often like you know high-minded and you know maybe even off-putting or gatekeeped sort of like progressive metal genre Mm -hmm. and uh wanting to like be myself while feeling constantly under this radar all of these things came onto the pages like over the course of a, a few like little sessions. And I started like thinking of powerful images that would be like a movie, <laughs> you know, like what would uh, the score to this movie be? And I really think it's clear. I took a lot from video games. Um, I keep looking at the artwork for the temples that uh, Leo Mindwaker had created. Oh, that's such a good cover. It's a gorgeous cover from probably one of the most powerful moments in gaming for me because for the first time in a tiny little, little, little way, when I walked into that spirit temple, I made a connection from my heritage to video games. Um, and it's, it's broad, but there is something powerful, uh, goddesses with, you know, uh, merciful hands, but infinite power just mm-hmm. gazing down at you. That is very much Hindu. That is very much something I was around. And it feels different than with so much European-influenced game designs, which, you know, I love too, but it doesn't rock my core that same way. So that was where I wanted the story to be. I wanted a desert kingdom, you know, in my mind, something like India in the 1500s. Think uh, Taj Mahal era. Right. Obviously, you know, it's not like I wrote a story about India. I would never, <laughs> I'd never go down that path. This is a fictional world, but essentially people, you know, living in that sort of place and might encounter those kind of cultural aspects. And then uh, Elder Scrolls playing through Oblivion and Skyrim, starting as a character who is exiled for some reason is kind of a cross between, um, you know, when you start Skyrim or Oblivion mm-hmm. or Morrowind, you're like, Oh, you're awake and you're, <laughs> and you're kind of, you're kind of in a tight pickle. So I, I, I thought that was extremely poignant to include an aspect of one of my favorite game series because think about it. Like <laughs> if you woke up and you're like, you know, a prisoner or something where you start your story there, you have a lot of questions and you're being directed at, but it makes kind of sense. So I, I, I found that very exciting. That makes a lot of sense. It's uh, it's 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 kind of clever in in some ways, even though I feel like it's a little on the nose. But the other thing about the exile that I think um, kind of is like the biggest marketing factor, if I have to say so, and just unique factor that's uh, is that exile is a huge part of a story called the Ramayana, which is um, a Hindu mythological story, one of the most popular, about uh, one of the gods, Rama, 
who um is you know he's he's powerful he's one of the favorites and right. because he kind of gets uh deceived the king who is his father in this story i i kind of didn't detail mine <laughs> that way because i didn't want it to seem like my dad is like <laughs> some evil king he's not he's fun but he's deceived by one of his wives which is again mythological aspect much like uh, greek mythology for those familiar you know he gets tricked and kicked out of the land but you know mercifully so he's in rama is told to uh you know go into a forest he lives many years in exile and right. his brother goes with him and in my story i kind of stuck to more of the game route because i thought the aspect of revenge and competitiveness would be a little bit more up my alley it's one of my weaknesses but it's also something i think would be more honest hmm. and hopefully more powerful a story you know he gets kicked out uh but you know he's not executed and this builds up this rage inside him that conflicts uh, as he learns a new land and kind of falls in love with that instead. But in his heart, he knows his home is this place that, you know, royally upset him. In a way, mm -hmm. there is a little bit of like this anger might not be the correct word. Like there's definitely like sure. a frustration like this. A little bit of contempt that comes through, and especially like when I think about, you know, the first track, The Discovery, mm -hmm. you're starting this journey from the beginning there. You can definitely feel like that turmoil mm -hmm. and, and like I said, like a conflict that that's going on. There's so much of that in this story. And you mentioned the spirit temple in mm -hmm. uh, Ocarina of Time. And yes, you, it is, like you said, it's maybe a little broad, but. To see yourself in art is, you know, another thing that is oh, super yeah. important. <laughs> and vulnerable. Right. Mm -hmm. Because to me, at least just from, you know, the little I read at the time, I can kind of see where they were drawing their influence from, not realizing that someone else is taking the same image and it's like it's changing their world. Mm -hmm. This desire or feeling of like to be connected to your roots. Mm -hmm. That is definitely it. <laughs> When the discovery starts, there's, like I said, like that turmoil of you're in this new place. And while this may be the place where you've been born, but this isn't necessarily like where your family necessarily originated, where, you know, your culture originated. So mm -hmm. it's like that that feeling of wanting to always be connected to that. It's all that. Um, I couldn't describe uh, Project Discover better than just, you know, identity and figuring out who you want to be in relation to where you come from, even if you're not happy with how things were there, it's still kind of yours. And, you know, like I said, it parallels with my musicality, um, which is why in the, the album, one of my plans I originally had was over the tracks, I would start introducing more, uh, you know, color and influences of different uh, kind of backgrounds to the songs to kind of show that there's been some sort of personal growth so the first song would be much more pure progressive rock and metal and not necessarily carry a lot of musical influences but i i littered a lot of motifs to kind of like i i thought of the feelings and then i would match up like a, a theme or so that would go with it and then i would sprinkle those themes back into the later songs whenever i felt in the story it was appropriate so um things like the storm has 
it's 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 embittered internal storm while the character is actually just sailing and trying to <laughs> survive for dear life and then you know they push through all of this and there's like this happy moment that I tried to write in the middle and towards the end and that's when I put in what I kind of call the Indian motif but it is kind of like the new land motif where he's discovered this new land for the very first time in the distance and now there's a unique style you know it, it's playing more of a raga than a westernized scale mm -hmm. um so the the way that you play those notes are a little different than how people would play guitar here you know just symbolically <laughs> and those flourishes were like really eye-opening and just how you use them the one thing about Prague is even in a genre that is meant to subvert expectations that pushes you mm -hmm. through several movements that's all about experimentation mm -hmm. you and i both know that sometimes that's not always the case right. so sometimes i i try to go from it from a feeling first before i really start like taking apart mm -hmm. um, you know the the parts of it that you know i connected to but like i said in the storm like doing like i said those little bit forces like that those are the parts where it's like okay now we're already starting to see that change and so that way, once you get into like Tinder Heartache, mm -hmm. I, to me, Tinder Heartache might actually be my favorite on this because this huh. is really <laughs> where you're starting to see. Cause what, what I'm basically listening to this album, I'm pretty much watching you expand and grow in your craft. I would say like almost in real time. <laughs> sure. <laughs> cause like, in, cause Tinder Heartache, I think like this is where, you know, and like introducing like the second half of the album where mm -hmm. you're just really trying things out and something i actually wanted to talk to you about in making this yeah. album was you know not even just you as a guitarist but also as a singer as a vocalist yeah <laughs> oh, like boy. that and uh, you mm -hmm. know i'm not trying to put you on the spot but no, at the please. same time i think this is cool because that's a part of you that i've watched you know your videos mm -hmm. and listened to your songs and you know this isn't like your first time doing this but this really does feel like the first time you're really introducing yourself as a vocalist as well. Yes. So obviously like 10 years worth of YouTube videos were largely guitar driven. And I mean, like project discover is in my opinion, a guitar driven album. But, um, you know, when I started the idea of, Oh yeah, I'll write that album one day. I'll write that album one day, like four years ago, uh, the rumblings of this idea were just in my head. I was too scared to even write it down because that meant, it was going to be real and I would have to put in the effort and all that. But um, I remember telling uh, my friend Dylan uh, Lackey uh, on YouTube, he also makes covers and uh, he was, he was talking about, you know, writing original music and how that would be. And right. I told him and I remember this conversation and I was talking to him like a few days ago about it. I want to be like Steve Vai, who has a beautiful voice to me, but also loves, loves, loves guitar playing and will usually write guitar parts around some singing sections. And that way you can sing and play guitar at the same time and then have more technical sections later. Mm -hmm. You don't have to necessarily sacrifice. And I, I thought that was really cool. So I told uh, Dylan, I'm going to write this acoustic ballad because I, I, I feel like in my heart, I want to write a love song and sing it. And then the rest will just be metal. <laughs> and then... <laughs> <laughs> as you know that wasn't the plan um i ended up coming up with this melody on my birthday 2019 november 9th i uh just 
I was at my folks' house. I like was waking up and I was thinking about this melody in my head and I did not want to forget it because I had been thinking about it all weekend, maybe even longer. Hmm. So I went to my voice recorder and went, do, 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 do. And I, I sang what became Tender Heartache a few months later, which I kind of did as a test quick song that would interlude between whatever album I come up with. At that point, I kind of thought of ideas for the Discovery and Storm, but they were very, very prototypal and not very pretty. And, you know, as you allude to, like, I listened to so much freaking Foo Fighters, ACDC, Van Halen, mm-hmm. uh, growing up, all of these songs, even Pink Floyd, which is a great example, a band that maybe they're not known as the greatest singers, but everyone sings along to it because the lyrics... Um, were very powerful or relatable and it just it makes the song feel completed in that aspect so by the time we got to like you know 2020 or so i started realizing that i'd really do i really do like to sing i was singing on stream i was singing in some covers and uh i wanted to try to take it more seriously in the event that it could make a better album Right. Um, and I have to thank Tara C Music again. Um, she's been giving me voice lessons and worked one-on-one with me on basically every vocal-driven song on this album um, to get you know more comfortable lyrics, to understand my range, to completely change some bad habits. And um, <laughs> I can't tell you, man, how terrified I have been of uh, promoting this album with the vocal parts because uh, I know... In my mind, I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to have to be appealing to people who listen to instrumental music like me heavily and VGM people who listen to that heavily and want me to just make a guitar solo album. But my story feels better with lyrics to me, you know? Mm -hmm. So ultimately, this has been probably one of the biggest internal struggles, learning to uh, be comfortable with not just my voice, but my songwriting and lyrics and production of vocals. Uh, I would also attribute a lot of that to Christian Richardson, who did his own album and then has been just pumping out and sharing with me a lot of like vocal driven songs so that we can both be comfortable hearing each other at our messiest, you know, when we're going <laughs> cracking voices and ah, <laughs> let me try that again. Ah, oh my god! And, and shout out to Christian. I oh, had yeah. such a blast talking with him, you know, with you on the um, the last podcast, and mm-hmm. and that was a good example too, right? Like Moonrock. <laughs> yeah, because and Same that was something again. that was cool, and not to like kind of go off on a tangent, mm. but I guess it also does work in what you were talking about. Is mm. the two of you were very candid about the somewhat experimental and also the ups and downs of trying to co-write and co-produce this this album but Mm -hmm. yet at the end of the day what came through was not only the professionalism the respect and admiration that you Mm -hmm. had for each other and yes it might have been like a a a really wacky story of how it all came to be but at the end of the day you both were better for it absolutely and I, I think that goes back to say, like, and, you know, for people who are in VGM, who do have aspirations of writing their own music, singing their own music, this is like a perfectly smooth transition for us to be doing singing VGM covers that kind of worked, you know, into writing our own songs. And obviously, Christian and I write a little bit differently in terms of like stylistic mm-hmm. or even like vocal arranging, you know, what kind of harmonies we like and layers. But um, 
you know, just seeing like that happen, seeing Jonathan Young do an original album and uh, seeing, you know, different people write original albums and original lyrics while coming from those cover backgrounds. It's, it's kind of comforting. And um, I gotta say the last five days or four days since I dropped the pre-order and formal posts on socials has been unbearably humbling and kind the the amount of support for people of course i only shared an instrumental <laughs> but um again i i was so touched that so many friends let alone so many people in general following me were appreciative of me doing something with uh, originality and again i said straight up i sing on it like you've been warned um but Don't also threaten us with a good time bro <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure like for the most part I'm over worrying a little bit but that is an aspect of it and I couldn't emphasize how freeing it felt to write lyrics and make these songs and sing them even on stream where mm-hmm. I don't have to listen to the recording I get to try again every single night <laughs> that's intimidating as hell you know because you're doing Very this much. on a live feed you know mm-hmm. and uh, trust me like as someone who I enjoy singing but as long as like, what was that movie? Oh, my gosh. It's like the one I think it was with like Kel Mitchell. Musical? I think it was Mystery Men. The one with like there were like the offbeat superheroes where his superpower was I could turn invisible as long as no one's looking at me. <laughs> oh, that rings a bell. But like that's basically me and singing is like, yeah, I, I think I'm <laughs> sure. one of the greatest singers in the world as long as no one's hearing me. <laughs> Yeah, as long as it's in the shower. I sound great there. Right? <laughs> like, I'm the greatest drummer as long as I'm behind the wheel of a car. But, <laughs> I but, believe you. <laughs> but, like, in all seriousness, though, like, that's mm-hmm. really impressive. And also, I want to go back and definitely make sure, you know, shout out to Tara C, who is a mm-hmm. amazing vocalist and super talented. Oh, yeah. Is very patient with. And, you know, we have so many amazing vocalists to piggyback on your compliments here, we have so many amazing vocalists in the community and they're all phenomenal. Tara, of course, just being such a close friend of mine is one thing, but uh, the investment in specific things that I do mm-hmm. is probably one of the most phenomenal like teaching experiences I could have. Even even if she'd probably disagree, uh, you know, I, I, I think that is what has made the difference um, in us working together so much. She knows like what I do wrong because... She, She's been around me 10 years, you know, like watching my covers and junk. And uh, she knows like, oh, you know, like uh, there's this thing you do with your nasalingness or something, or there's, you know, you should uh, try standing up and practicing this way or, you know, like squeezing. So all of those little, little, little things that only someone who knows me already well from the VGM and the covers and stuff, I think really played into how she helped with Project Discover. And like she would sing like the parts I would write out and like demo you know with me so like she sang dreaming you know (laughs) yeah and you said patience in regards to uh, tara working with you but also Mm -hmm. the patience of the listener and also the patience with yourself which is i Mm -hmm. think important because i I try not to speak in in general terms but there Mm -hmm. is a Definitely a, a certain level of ego that goes into creating. And of course, we always want to mm-hmm. make sure that we're the best versions of ourselves, regardless of if you are a visual artist or auditory or what have you. So mm-hmm. to understand that sometimes in order to get to that place that you want to go, 
it's going to be rough. And it doesn't have to be excruciating. Like, I'm not expecting you, like, throwing your notebook across the room or clutching, like, ripped out pages screaming into the air, like, why did you curse me with this talent? Like, it doesn't have to be that huge. I mean, if you did that, that's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Work through it however you want, but, like... A little bit. (laughs) A little bit, yeah. Oh, trust me, like... (laughs) Artistic process. But being patient with yourself to understand that, like, You've already made that first leap, and it's going to take a little bit to get there, but at the end, it's all going to be worth it. I think that's what I appreciate about this, is you took time, you took the effort, you took care, and yes, it is, of course, this is your baby, this is, like, you've built this from the ground up, but (laughs) you've created this thing, but... It was less about, hey, look at me do this thing. But it's like, I want to share a part of me that maybe even the rest of this community mm-hmm. may not be aware of. Because like I said, we all know you from your guitar covers right. and things like that. I mean, hell, even doing like Frozen Heart, you know, oh, is sure, kind yeah. of like a little left to center. Because <laughs> I'm like, okay, most of the time with Ropan Aganti, I'm headbanging. Like, there's a couple of times where I'm flinging in the air because it's like these riffs are just ridiculous. And you've also melted down my computer multiple times during your live streams. Apologies. <laughs> <laughs> but to then make like a Frozen album, it's like, this is a cool side of you that I didn't know before. And it's like, I dig when mm-hmm. artists are doing that kind of stuff. It's it's really exciting. And, you know, I, I'm really appreciative that you're, you're along for the ride. Many of us are very much skeptical of these changes or... Uh, may not recognize that they're not changes at all. It's the same artist just being more honest. Right. And uh, by all means, uh, I don't want to be the Zelda guy. I don't want to be the Metroid guy per se. I don't want to have me just be this conduit for people to enjoy something else, uh, which maybe that is part of the ego, but that is part of like my goal. Um, you know, I put a lot of effort into writing original riffs into my cover albums, especially, let alone the weekly covers and stuff. But getting a chance to write and have people hopefully remember that maybe they'll like some of the riffs I wrote and maybe even learn how to play them if, you know, they have a a seven string guitar and a little bit of time, Um, you know, or just maybe they'll start singing, God forbid, Um, (laughs) you know, hey, this guy can do it, you know. What's stopping me? Which I really do want people to feel that way about uh, any of the instruments that I performed on this album or the songwriting or production for that matter. So, you know, to be associated with those kind of aspects that I have been pushing out, um, I think Project Discover was like inevitable in that way. And, you know, now that it's just about out and I'm going to be performing a bit of it, you know, I just want to write more original music and, you know, more concept album original music again, it plays into the the gamer in me and maybe maybe in other listeners and yourself, but um, I think that's kind of <laughs> that's kind of part of the charm and hopefully mm-hmm. the bridge. Yeah, and that's the point of video games is to get to the next level, get to the next point. Like, no one plays a game. Mm-hmm. I mean, unless the music's really good because I've done this, you know, you're not really sitting still. <laughs> you're sure. going, you're you going forward, <laughs> right? You're advancing. You're trying mm-hmm. to get better, and you get stuck at a part where it's really annoying, and sometimes the autosave puts you in a spot where every time you respawn, you get killed. Sorry, that <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I got a little hyper specific, but got lost specific. In, got lost in the metaphor right there. <laughs> but you get what I'm going sure. for. The point is to always go forward and be 
a little different, a little better than where you were before, which I think mm. then leads into the second half of the EP, Dreaming and Rebuild This Land, where your character mm-hmm. has gone through some change and now they've come to the other side different from when they started. Mm-hmm. And um, like literally, um, and this is one of those things that I actually like tonight, <laughs> tomorrow, I've got to work on um, developing some sort of like loose visual aid for uh, the album streams and the Twitch stream performance ideas I have. Um, P1, as I am broadly calling them, so that they won't ascribe a, a gender or a look or anything. I want listeners to, you know, be comfortable metaphoring themselves into the P1. But in my case, I'll, I'll he, uh, them. He's gone to this island and fallen in love. Uh, it's metaphorical love. It's literal love. Cause I wrote it. <laughs> and, um, you know, they, they fallen in love with this new way of life. They can't believe that people are this way. They felt like the person sticking out, you know, right. For, for whatever it was, which again is another one of those things I thought about for a long time. And I was thinking, let's leave it ambiguous. I, I have had some experiences and, uh, I, I have some extremely close friends who have gone through some very big, you know, experiences because of varying, but ultimately similar issues that some difference created uh, a tough obstacle in their life. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, which maybe all of us have experienced in some way. So absolutely. I felt universal. But dreaming is when you've fallen in love with that and you just realize it. Uh, The first time I was at MAGFest, um, that is what dreaming is. It's, well, honestly, it's it's a lot of things, you know? The first time you fall in love, the first time you moved out on your own and realize you can be as loud as you want, the first time you see the most gorgeous landscape in life and you're like, wow, Earth is rad. (laughs) so i I used a lot of those kind of feelings as i wrote like some of the guitar riffs and i had that riff like playing for months before i could like think before i wrote (laughs) recorded it which is dangerous kids but um (laughs) i was just playing it so i wouldn't forget it constantly and rebuild this land which i have to say even if it's not necessarily the best song in the world that is my proudest song i've ever written it's Um, damn good and i'm not even just saying that just to like hype you up it's Really good. (laughs) It is the song I have dreamt of writing, and it is all about everything at once. Um, It starts with a riff that I I was very like, what if you came back to a place you hated so much because it mistreated you, but it was also kind of your home, and you saw it engulfed in flames, like it tore itself apart in Civil War, and you realized... All of that hate you were holding on to, where does it go? Um, that is the song. You know, the sky falls on faces, scarlet burning bright. You know, just imagining like the scene from Mulan when they see the the campsite that's on fire yeah. is kind of one of the powerful images I thought about. And, you know, it's, it's at first kind of cocky, you know, and confused. It's like, you know, what happened? Did you beg to die? Did your people have enough? You know, when they overthrew this despot, this monster of a person, which mm-hmm. again goes kind of metaphorical, but also I think it's fair to say it's not so much, but, uh, right. you know, you know, that's what you, you write, what you know. And eventually it's, you know, taken by the lives that you feed, you know, you bit the hand that you were, well, I guess it's not bite the hand. That's not a, whatever I wrote, uh, that's how it felt. But then 
you have these Indian uh, lines, which kind of is like the building riff, the da 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 which I actually wrote in 2014 for a Yoshi cover I did on sitar. <laughs> Get the hell out of here, that's awesome. <laughs> I used a lot of VGM riffs from older stuff. Uh, Storm uses a, a riff I wrote for a few Metroid covers, for example. This one represented to me that, okay, this, you know, this horrible place is still my place. Let's rebuild and mm-hmm. we're going to use what I've learned from the new land and we're going to make an eclectic open world. You know, it's, it's cross pollination. It's what to me, the immigrant experience and the second gen immigrant experience can be. I am an Indian person, but I'm also in America and I'm going to make the best of all of the beautiful things in the world that influenced me. Blues, rock, Carnatic music, metal. You know, so you have uh, solos that kind of call back to the first song's theme, which I kind of called that hero theme, the hey, hey, all of that stuff. And then there's like a little callback to the first line, I'm in another day, which is kind of just like this metaphor for like living life and things are back to normal, which reminds me of like when you walk Skyrim and you're in the streets again. But the difference, of course, like love is holding things together now. It's not mm-hmm. judgment. It's not hatred or any sort of like discriminatory uh feelings it's it's just enjoyment and that's kind of how the album ends um this person has found peace with where they came from but took on something better and in a lot of ways i truly feel like that is my musical journey coming from one place raised on one thing kind of discovering myself things i don't like about the world around and hoping to find some solace about it and i think that's what anybody you know in some way shape or form truly wants is to Mm -hmm. have that peace you know to have that sort of understanding to be content really you know it's not about wanting everything it's just about wanting this corner of your world to have everything in its place and to then take that and to also you know, expand and to also help other people maybe find theirs. And that's something that I've appreciated about this community. And, you know, especially with the collaborations, mm-hmm. the admiration that people have and the respect, which is also the other part is respect is a part that, I, and I know there's people who are like, you know, we see each other as talented individuals, but to respect mm-hmm. what they do, understand that their journey may be different, but still finding ways to work together because you know and i know like when i grew up is that thing of you know they almost wanted us to be like well ignore the differences you know everybody's the same but it's like no we can no. be different <laughs> we can be totally mm-hmm. different you know i mean to a certain degree you know don't be a jerk but like <laughs> yeah <laughs> but like respect each other's backgrounds and our identities but also mm-hmm. realizing like hey we can also take what we have you take what you have, you can put it together, make something great. And I know that sounds like a little bit of an after school special, but that ultimately that respect and what I've seen in the community and the willingness to experiment, because the covers are great. I absolutely yeah. love them and I love the people who make them. But if let's say for you or anybody else who's like, all right, I want to venture off and to try something else, as daunting as that is, people being like, you know what? That's okay. Not that you need our permission mm-hmm. to do it. Of course. <laughs> Because you're going to do you, but to be like, mm-hmm. hey, I want to help you grow. Right. You can't really ask for more than that. It's definitely the peak. But I think a lot of people are going to be surprised and actually really delighted just to see you 
be more comfortable in your skin? Because what is the toughest thing mm. in the world to be by yourself? Absolutely. And I again, I appreciate you recognizing the bottom line of this album, which again, it's a rock and roll album. I, I think to me right now, you know, if I'm not thinking hard about the story, it's, it's a lot of fun to play. It uh, rips. Don't get me wrong. Like this thing, <laughs> like it absolutely rips. Thank you. But you know, I can bang my head, but also think, you know, and also feel. <laughs> right, right. And which is important. That is the influences coming, coming to me. Um, things like Rush 2112, which tells like epic stories are great. But also I wanted to, you know, take from concept albums that were about what was important. Um, Kendrick Lamar's, uh, To Pimp a Butterfly might be, one of my all-time favorite concept albums. Um, of course, not a rock album or a metal album, but it is very progressive and talks about what he knows. And there's so many albums that come to mind, so many games that come to mind. But and you again, we're we're talking covers and video game music. Uh, there's video game music that can make you feel a lot of different ways. And this goes to a conversation or many conversations I've had with delightful artists who have understood the climate of VGM and who's writing it, um, there isn't necessarily a lot of video games, let alone video game scores that truly encapsulate, you know, my experience mm -hmm. or, you know, have characters that go through my sort of story. There's a lot that get close. And there are times that I have cried at video games. I'm, I am still in that vicinity, but um, to write your own album and, you know, I can't confirm anything, but there is a sort of game-adjacent idea for Project Discover that's kind of in the works. But, you know, to, to put your own thing out into the world that does depict that story, and hopefully it touches other people because of their backgrounds, maybe, you know, not just Indian people, but anyone who's felt ostracized and, you know, then maybe found solace in a community or discovered something new and it made you feel like dang I, i'm lucky to be me that's what it's all about right now with putting this thing out and why i think i would do it again <laughs> you know sharing that and using this album as a means to kind of spread that message on top of just having some really good music to listen to that's great and you know i mean granted i haven't known you nearly as long as let's say uh some of the other people you mentioned but in the short time I have, like, you know, to see this growth, I'm really, I'm proud of you, dude. Like, I really am. Thank you. <laughs> and I, I, I said it before, the, the day I dropped the pre-order was the day I, I basically said, is this going to strike a chord in some way, shape, form? Or is this another Rove video game album? And I was devastatingly blown away by <laughs> uh, not just pre-order, you know, and how that successfully went or whatever, but people talking about it in the vein that they've been rooting for me and waiting for this, or that specifically the aspects of Project Discover that they're interested in was hyping them up. And, you know, one other thing that I, I would be remiss to not mention is um, Andrea Felodico's artwork. She is one of the very first people to know the entire story I had in mind. She depicted not just the album art, but the artwork for all five tracks in a very storybook-friendly manner to play into those and um once they were done i you know near tears in the middle of the morning i'm just like oh snap she sent me them and i saw the world brought to life and it looked like mine most concept albums have been about worlds that maybe don't like you said with seeing yourself 
And uh, the community has been doing a beautiful job with pushing that, you know, just all sorts of little elements of depicting and representing and crafting a world that is more uh, relatable. It's just so, so cool. It really is. One thing I do want to mention, though, is that this is, of course, being released digitally, but it's also being released physically, correct? <sighs> yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not dumping on digital at all, but of course, the fact that this is also a physical release, like this is something you can hold in your hand. It's like, I made this. <laughs> right. It's very cool to have a tangible proof of completing something, let alone something so powerful and uh, I actually decorated my room with uh, like these little canvas prints of my game albums because obviously I view them in a very personal manner as well. And like, why on earth have I not gotten Project Discovered <laughs> canvas printed? I, I need to do that as soon as possible. But one of the things that you'll you'll definitely find with other artists you've spoken to and myself included is uh, we don't know how to value our work. Until it is like shoved into our face, do this <laughs> because people want this, you know, uh, people who st want to start a Patreon at a hundred subscribers and stuff. And, you know, they'll reach out to me like, hmm, I don't you know, like what, wh who's going to want to give me a dollar? Yeah. People who like your music of which there are many people, you know, it is hard to see that light. So in that respect, Project Discover was going to be just Bandcamp and released through uh, Sounddrop, Love Sounddrop. And, um, that would have been it. And I was like, maybe just maybe we'll do like CDs. It would be cool. I know like no one's going to want a not video game thing for me anyway. These are like exact quotes too. <laughs> like <laughs> really? I was, and I was like, okay, you know what? It's an investment. They'll just sit on my shelf and it can't be that big of a pain to mail like one CD, uh, or two CDs a week or something. Cause you know, I have some statistics from selling the Zelda CDs that I have and the wild CDs I have right. that were produced through Materia Collective and all. And, you know, like we, they did quite well, um, but we still have quite a, a lot of them. So it felt kind of dicey on if it's worth it or not is what I mean. So I end up like just placing the order. I take the pictures and do all this work to uh, design, you know, the album art using Andrea's phenomenal things and now like if you get a physical you'll be able to open it up and see the other depictions the disc has a, a storm right like and a big boat like facing through it and then tender heartache and dreaming are like these soft beautiful hilly villages just like i dreamed of so um i ordered you know a limited run mostly because i don't know if i can go past that and i definitely don't know if i can sell past that and uh pre-orders drop and 66% of the orders are all physical CDs. That's nuts. <laughs> it is nuts. That is, is nuts. nuts. It is mixed nuts. <laughs> but um, I just, and it, it, you know, like, and as you explained, physicality, the collectible, the novelty, the, it is why I buy physical CDs of every, you know, licensed cover album I know, let alone, you know, my favorite bands, but oh my gosh. I am so excited. I actually ordered stickers of that album art to like slip into um, them. And I'm going to give like one of my custom RP picks into the as many of these orders as I can, actually. Oh, that's <laughs> like, really I'm cool. I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful. <laughs> How did this happen? Because <laughs> um, you're, you know, you're talented. You're a good dude. And you've given back. And that's something that 
I always wish for any creative community is as you come up, bring up somebody behind you, never shut the door on them. And this is really just a culmination. And I, I know this sounds like I'm being overly like flowery, but I think just when you see these things, it's because that you put in and gave and then you're getting that back. You know, so right. <laughs> this is it wasn't it's, by accident. <laughs> y- you've done the work, and, and and your peers have also done the work, and everybody's working together, and that's you know this the beautiful stuff well, that happens as a result. That is the community at work, even if this is you know an original and not a game tied, unless someone wants to use Project Discover in like an album or or game or something, um, or you know dot dot dot. There's some cool stuff in the works, maybe. Uh, some variations of the album songs uh, before I start working on a full length album. But I, I do think, and like you said, it's, it's crucial to give back the people who made original albums, even like little sentences they shared about the process did help, you know, open up some ideas. I think a lot of people are getting excited about original albums uh, original soundtracks, you know, a lot of game people are doing it so they can compose, right? Mm-hmm. So what better time to start composing than to write your own pretend soundtrack? Like one thing um, Insane in the Rain Music is doing is writing originals, but they have a very kind of clear cadence of a game soundtrack, even if the game doesn't exist. So, um, you know, that's the kind of thing I want to put out after the album, you know, when people start asking, how did you record this, 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 or, you know, release this, or why did you write about this? I want to have answers so that more of us are able to like get engaged with that. And culturally we are more into that. Mm -hmm. And the more people do it, I think the more it'll help people who are also wanting to take that next step themselves and saying, Hey, Mm. you know, someone I admire and respect was able to do it. And it also inspires other people. So, you know, none of this stuff happens in a vacuum. It's it's very cool in that way. You know, I'm saying I didn't expect a lot of things because I truly didn't. And uh, I know this resonates well. Everyone at some point in VGM, I think I've talked to, has felt like that, you know. You know that scene in Char- <laughs> Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory where uh, his mom is singing to him? Mm-hmm. And he's just like, oh, I lost. And she's singing the song that a lot of people skip in the movie anyway. Uh, <laughs> sorry, myself included. It's a pretty song, but I want to see chocolate. Anyway, <laughs> everyone everyone in VGM, I think, has those days or has those times. And I don't want to, I don't want to like pity party because right now I feel like, like the mass reversal. But, you know, I did feel a good bit of that uh, in 2020. And in general, like, uh, I've been doing this for 10 years and a lot, a lot, lot, lot of nice things have happened. And um, I don't think all of it is determined by hard work per se. Sometimes it's just good timing. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's other things. But I want to remedy that kind of uh, situation because that's pretty much how it felt right before I clicked tweet pre-orders are up. And before I uploaded my Pulp Fiction parody. Oh my gosh, that parody was... <laughs> that was uh, hysterical. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> there is something <laughs> There is something wrong with me, but also I. that's another aspect of me that I think people are learning. I like movies. I like acting. I may not be perfect at it, but also it's so much fun. Like, everyone should try it. <laughs> everyone find a movie and, and make a pun out of it. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> there's also this level of like absurdist humor to it where <laughs> I mean I don't, I don't want to like talk too much about it because I feel like uh, people sure, should sure. just go ahead and listen to it but of course sure, the quote that you so. pulled halfway through I'm like wait what why are we talking about <laughs> this <laughs> you know what the worst part is I memorized the whole thing <laughs> <laughs> that was the part where I honestly had to pause and collect myself because I'm like wait and the sad part is <laughs> I knew exactly what you were referring to and I started saying yeah. it along with <laughs> <laughs> it was I was really wondering if I was losing my marbles over memory. I like I have a pretty cruddy short-term memory. So I was like looking up memory exercises and people said like memorize speeches for practice or something. And I was like, okay, let me memorize a very important <laughs> historical speech. I chose a copy pasta instead. Um and then uh, you know, I was thinking of how do I write uh how do I announce this album? Because for my Undertale album I parodied The Lighthouse, which was pretty darn alienating, but it was a lot of fun. <laughs> and um, I'm a little prouder of that one in like a visual sense. But then I had my buddy Anthony, who is an actor, and you know him hopping in to play Brett was so perfect. And you know we just had a blast. I'll have to share the bloopers <laughs> and the improv takes we did, because um, we did some where we just were like, all right, let's start the scene the same way, and then just like gun it. <laughs> but uh yeah it's <sighs> like you said it's people seeing all of me and that's not something i guess i get to do with cover albums so you know write an album and you get to you get to explore those kind of angles hmm all right maybe i will i stop <laughs> Do it. I'm holding the the holding guitar. I'm like I don't even Adrian know. Adrian has like, albums, right? <laughs> well, if, if you want someone to, you know, very haphazardly try to like play through like, you know, a couple of like '90s staples, um, sure. I mean, I would not be opposed to that at all. You can play like Everlong or something, and you can play uh, some No Doubt, maybe. Or Dude, if I was Joy able Capers. to play those, I would. I would never stop playing them. So I'm. <laughs> <laughs> story of every guitar player's life perhaps but um you know i i really hope like you know with writing this album and stuff like you know how some people joke about like the guitar center effect where you walk mm -hmm. in and people are saying crazy train you get yeah. sick of it i'd never want to get sick of playing these songs i mean i will but i really don't <laughs> want it to happen <laughs> it'd be like your free bird so yeah free bird i guess is another one like that but also like the storm could be like my free bird or something because you know, not too far in fun. the future, I'll be at one of your shows and I'll be the one yelling, play the storm. It's like, all right. Like I play Like <laughs> it's like, I've written five other albums after that. You know that, right? It's like, I know, but I love that one. Yeah. Which again, like everyone probably is that person in the crowd simultaneously and the person on stage groaning, but nothing could make me happier for the next month. Then hearing someone say, play the discovery or play rebuild this land or the storm or because that's like, it's me. If someone says play force temple, I know they like Zelda more than I know they like me or my version, unless I know the personally, but for the first time that will be the case and it will shatter my heart into little somber pieces sincerely. Like that's, that's, what's going to be exciting, but. I also wrote them so that they would be fun, um, which is also an interesting thing. When people cover stuff, they uh, pull from their arrangement, right? So mm -hmm. uh, they may not love every second of it if they were the composer in charge. And like that's why we arrange creatively. Um, 
you see like me doing a lot of bends and bluesy things. You see people like Rich doing a lot of uh, tapping and writing the lines to work better in that kind of layered sense. And, you know, now with when you write your own music, you're truly focused on your nuances, which can be kind of cool. I think it's very cool. It'll be a while before you get to that point where you're rolling your eyes. And you may sure. never get to that point. <laughs> but the fact that someone can even yell out, hey, please play that thing that I've heard so many times, but it's still mm-hmm. yours. That's the dream come true. I think it really would be. I don't know yet because I have played these songs on stream as like a tease. So uh, just kind of littered in. And then I practiced once playing through Project Discover on a very small stream with some friends in the audience. So that was helpful. Although I, uh, my guitar was muted, so they heard the backing track. And it took a while before someone realized that because uh, there were no guitarists in the chat. <laughs> but it happens. Um, and uh, I'm going to be playing it in one shot it's it's only 25 minutes because it's a rather short album but i'm adding some narrations some visuals uh small things that i think will tell the story even better along with the album art so i want it to be like that experience and the next time i write an album i'm gonna (laughs) i'm gonna make the songs a little more independent so we don't have this issue (laughs) well thank you so much for everything and thank you for sharing your story and thank you for even letting me mm-hmm. hear it but well i mean as of right now well by the time the um this episode comes out um yeah. it'll be out of pre-orders but if they do want to check it out still uh where can they do so sure um you can get the album on roponuganti.bandcamp.com or you can listen to it on a humongous amount of streaming platforms like spotify or itunes and you can also check me out on youtube.com slash roponaganti where there will be music videos possibly plural as well as a full album stream coming shortly after all of that and i'm on instagram and twitter where a lot of the songs will be shared in snippets so before we go please stick around where you would normally hear the ending theme which actually shout out to um stemage for the opening and ending theme so much stimage is great and talking about the community is even lending his talent for this very show but i want to take time out to have people listen to the storm because it's just that good so definitely stick (laughs) around because once i'm done talking you're going to hear rope on a shred and that'll do it for this episode of adrian has issues and uh, we'll see you next time have a good one